Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Fresh Take from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. This is Margaret and today I am talking to B. Kim. She is an executive and life coach who supports working parents, founders, and executives find and live their life purpose. She works with companies like Google, DirecTV, and the NFL to help their teams optimize their lives for work and home. B has founded multiple companies, including Parent Refresh, a company that provided parent-focused services through life coaching, fitness, and community, and Awaken, a diversity, equity, and inclusion educational company. Welcome, B. Thank you. Happy to be here. And in addition to all of the above, you are also a spouse and a parent of two young kids. And today we're going to be talking about rediscovering ourselves after parenthood. And so let's start there. I think often on the podcast, we kind of like to like define the problem. What is making this hard for us rediscovering ourselves after parenthood? Whew, that's a, yeah, <laughs> that's a big question. Big question, the $100,000 question. So it started with my own journey. You know, when I was pregnant with my firstborn, I had the privilege of being able to see my older sisters go through it with my older, you know, with my nieces and nephews. And I was like, okay, I got this. Yeah. Okay. And I know what it's going to be like. I had no clue. Somehow <laughs> easier when you're watching other people That's do right. it. It doesn't seem that hard. When we're the audience of the movie, it's easier than when we're living yes, the, the movie. The main character energy. That's right. So for me personally, when I got pregnant, I thought, okay, you know, I got all the check boxes going. I'll mark them off. Boom, boom, boom. Getting prepared. And then I had Owen, my eight-year-old, and I completely felt untethered. That feels like the right word. Like I just had no clue who I was. I knew who I was before before parenthood. I was someone who cared about my achievements. I was someone who was always the A student. I was someone who, you know, prided in being the good partner. After parenthood, I was like, who am I? Like, am I supposed to put in the same energy that I did at work? I don't want to. Am I supposed to be the full-time mom? Because that's what my mom did, you know, and that's kind of maybe social expectations of me. I don't think that feels right either. I just really felt ungrounded, untethered. And then with coaching, that's what I see with my clients all the time. Both mothers and fathers 
or, you know, that's in the heteronormative way, but like, B, I don't know, like, who am I? What do I care about now? What are my priorities? How do I, I have no clear vision of who I am anymore. I think this is an experience. We were just talking to Jamila of Jamila and Q, lesbian couple who has a YouTube channel about their parenting journey, about this exact same moment of, I think, often we're told that like our life comes into focus, they hand you this baby and suddenly (laughs) you just know and you feel this love and you feel this great knowledge. There's a movie Waitress and there's a famous scene where like she's in chaos and then she did the whole movie is like, what's she going to do? And they hand her the baby and it's like her whole life comes into focus. And I think for some people that can be their experience. But I think for many of us, including you, it sounds like myself, Jamila, it's much more of a moment of, wait a minute, I don't know if I thought this through all the way. Like, I think I had a very clear sense of myself before. And now, rather than finding that focus, things become completely blurred. I know that you come from, a you know, this corporate and achieving environment. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think informs this confusion of focus after parenthood? Is it mostly the people you're talking to, working moms who are finding this focus confusion, or is it all over the board? I would say it's all over the board. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. And I think the again, the corporate space, I work a lot with folks in the tech world too. It's like our identities are so entangled with our work. And it's like, okay, now that you take that away from me or even cut down some of that or having to, you know, remanage your expectations, it becomes really confusing. And then that kind of spreads over and crosses over to like, what does this mean about other things that I thought I was sure about, Mm. you know, my hobbies or I, I was such a big concert goer and that was like the thing that I identified myself with in the 20s or 30s. And now I don't have time for that or energy for that or, you know, who's going to take care of the kids, whatever that is, it kind of spills over. And again, at least from my own personal experience, the best way I can think about it is it feels ungrounded or untethered. Like, I just don't know. I feel like I'm floating in space. Like, what, <laughs> you know, like, what is the thing or how do I identify who I am? Amy has an expression that she uses a lot. The pain is in the gap. And I think that that is very true in terms of this conversation that for myself, that's right. My identity was very uncorporate. I was a stand-up comic, like living in a van. I mean, very uncorporate. But my identity was like fun and the life of the party and fun and funny. And then suddenly I'm sitting at home like, who is this? I was... (laughs) you know, dealing with postpartum stuff and hormones and crying. And I was like, wait a minute. It wasn't so much that like, I miss the rise and grind. It was like, I miss my own sense of identity. And so in terms of, I think for a lot of women, I'm interested in your perspective on this, that gap between, and then it sort of becomes like we're failing in both spaces, right? That like, we're not doing a good job as moms, but we're also not in our old life and that we're kind of lost in this intermediary space. Is that something you find? Yeah, I I love that the pain in the gap is in the gap. And I've also heard it where it's like that 
transitional period feels very liminal, right? Like I'm not in space A pre-parent. I'm not in space B post-parent where I feel comfortable in this new identity or additional identity of- And liminal, uh, we would give Amy 25 cents for an SAT word, but liminal means it's a space between spaces, right? It's a- That's right. It's not necessarily here or there. It's the hallway. That's right. That's right. And there's a crying baby in the hallway also, which makes it really problematic. And there's a crying baby in your arms and you're like, what do I do with this thing? And this baby is not laughing at my jokes and it's not a good audience. And, you know, no, definitely not laughing at my jokes. Although by the time they're like seven months, my routine, whose feet are these, really starts to kill with the seven month old crowd. I always joked I could open a comedy club for babies where the only thing I said was like, whose feet are these? Because I'm telling you, it cracked. I had three kids. They all cracked up at whose feet are these? I'm cracking up. And I, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty good. It's a pretty good bit. I'm not going to say it's going to play at the Chuckle Factory in Ohio with like a beer drinking crowd, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, can I just say my husband always says that I have this sense of humor as like a child because I love slapstick. Yes. Humor. I just love it. Like it's get anyone to slip on a banana and I'll be cracking up. So. Yeah. My husband is exactly the same way. And it's funny. I'm kind of a comedy snob. I'm like, oh, really? you're <laughs> laughing at that. come on. But whatever works for you. And so if you were to describe this, like the liminal space pain, what are the conversations that you're having with people? What are they saying? Like this is, is it all just this feeling of like, I don't belong here? Is that what people are bringing to you? What are people coming in and saying, this is what I need to dial in on? I think one of the most common things that people come to me and that I also experienced was this mismanaged expectations or just, mm. I had this expectation of what motherhood was supposed to be like, like that image, right? Like what you should, the waitress movie, by the way, in waitress, she says no to Nathan Fillion. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So that might not be a good movie to look to for your life advice anyway. <laughs> That's not a good example. No, but right. We have this expectation of, oh, I'm going to now become a full-time parent or, ooh, I'm going to have my parental leave. I'm going to come back and things will be the same or whatever our expectation is. And then it gets flipped on its head. Whatever the expectation is, it's often just flipped on our head, whatever it is. And then that's when people come and say, I thought it was going to be like this. It's not. And B, I feel lost mm. because this expectation is not being met. And I think this moment for people listening, I'm focusing on like the childbirth moment, the moment where everything changes. I have found in conversations that go on in our Facebook group that for a lot of people, this comes at 40th birthday, it comes at 45th birthday. It's not necessarily the moment you have a child that this conversation begins, but sometimes people do have that like rainbows and unicorns baby moment. But then 10 years later, as their kid starts to go to elementary school, 20 years later, as their kid starts to go to college, that's when they're finding themselves in this place of, wait a minute, I'm lost about who I am. Yeah. I mean, we, I could go on and on about just the changing relationship that we have with these different milestones of our lives, the changing relationship we have with our bodies as women in particular, like, wait a minute, this was, you know, a sexual body and now it's becoming this like 
creation body and now it's this feeding body and I'm going through menopause. I just Yeah, suddenly you wake up and it's an older body. You're like, wait a minute, what happened to that ten years? I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. That's right. I look in the mirror, I don't recognize who I am anymore. So there are very similar textures and flavors of these questions of wait, I poured myself into my children or I poured myself into this identity of how I saw myself or I poured myself into whatever it is and now it's changing. And what does that mean for me? Everything that I believed I was no longer is true. So now nothing is true, right? We kind of tend to jump into these conclusions of, I thought I was sure about who I was in the corporate space, but now that I'm not sure, I'm not sure of anything, right? Everything is gone. I'm stuck. It's all gone. I'm lost. Yeah. Well, luckily for us, B has some thoughts about how we can define our lives and help ourselves out of these bad spaces. I am talking to B Kim, and we will be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. 
Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. So we've definitely defined the problem. This is hard. We feel lost. It's difficult we feel it for all sorts of different reasons. We feel it at all sorts of different ages and stages for our kids and ourselves. You have written a lot and talked a lot about how to start defining priorities in our lives and how that can help us out of this kind of lost space. So start with the idea of defining values and and what that looks like and why it's something we should be thinking about. So values is such a huge tenet of my coaching. It's such a huge pillar of my approach to life. It's I feel like it's foundational, which is if we know what our values are, which are those intangible things that like inform what's important to us in our lives then everything else becomes so clear. Life becomes so much easier, not easy, but it becomes much easier if we know what we're solving for, which is the values that are important to us, right? And so I liken, if you know your values, then we're like way beyond into the path of really rediscovering who we are after whatever these milestones are, whether it's baby, whether it's 10 years after baby, whether it's, you know, post whatever it is, menopause, etc. Then we start getting an idea of, oh, right, these are the things that are important to me. And therefore, I'm starting to get a handle again of who I am because of these are the things that are important to me. And one of the things that I think you concentrate on and do well, which is, I think, a very tricky part of values, because I think where we get confused sometimes is what is a value? That like, I want more sleep. I want more money. I wish paying the bills was easier. That those are not values, really. They are maybe objectives. I don't know exactly what they are. They're desires. But let's really drill down on values and how what they are so we know what we're seeking. Yeah. I always say values are intangible often. So like the value of freedom or the value of connection, the value of adventure versus the value of money. Like I want a lot of money. I want to be rich. Oftentimes, what's underneath that desire to be rich is a value, right? I value security or I value safety or frankly, I value luxury, right? Like I want to be able to feel luxurious, right? So that might be a value. (laughs) I value laying down on a first class (laughs) flight. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I want to be able to value that. I wouldn't know either, but I would also love to know. (laughs) So values, again, are often they're intangible and they're really our ideals. Like they help inform how we make decisions. They inform how we deepen and build relationships. 
if we know what are the things that are important to us that are intangible that I'm trying to solve for, then things become more clear. And that really is the root of it. If you look at any kind of situation, decision you're trying to make, I always go back to my clients and say, well, what are we actually trying to solve for here? Like B, I'm miserable at work. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Why are you miserable? What are some of the things? Well, the work is boring and my boss is a micromanager and, you know, the product has shifted or I changed teams or I'm not excited about the service that we're providing anymore. Oh, okay. We're getting a better sense of what's important to you, what I call your career values, right? People company mission, mentor, a good mentor, boss, um, exciting or creative work, right? These are things that are supporting the things that you're actually trying to solve for that explains maybe why you feel like miserable at work. And that's just a work example. You can put that into, you know, any slice of life that you have. And I think we talked to Dr. Lynetta Willis a while back and she has a term stable misery. And we say it all the time now. And it's that I think that we sometimes get busy as moms and we forget to say, am I happy day to day? Is this what I want to be in? Or am I just in this default state of like everything's stable, but nobody's very happy. And that I think that this work is kind of the next step of that of saying like, right, because happiness is often outside of our control a lot of the elements of being happy. And so let's talk about an example, like in a domestic situation that maybe like defining your values would be helpful for, because I think the miserable work situation is very resonant. And I'd like you to help me think about one that's a domestic situation in the same way that you might be stuck in that kind of stable misery place. So uh, first of all, can I just say I love stable misery? What a beautiful, like I immediately know. <laughs> Isn't it great? I mean, we get, we use it all the time because you're like, oh, that's the thing that has defined like a great deal of my existence. And I didn't know there was a term for it. Yes, I immediately know what that means. Like, yep, stable misery it is. So a domestic example, I want to give you a real example. So I'm just mining really quickly of what a real example would be. A typical example would be coming in and saying, hey, relationship dynamics, Whew, right? Like, I just feel unhappy, B. I'm unhappy in my home life and like, okay, let's dig in, right? I would want to know what exactly are you unhappy about? Well, you know, I feel unrecognized by my husband. I'm doing, or my partner, I'm doing a lot of things that, you know, I feel like I'm taking on a lot of emotional and kind of the domestic labor, plus working, you know, full time, plus having to take the kids on the weekends for their soccer practice and their whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> the head nodding is dangerous. If you're driving, please be careful of your head because I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And what it comes down to is I feel underappreciated. And, you know, what do I do about it? So my question would be again, like, okay, let's dig deeper into what is the root of that? And what are some of the values talking, bringing back to your values? What are the values that are being trampled on for you at this moment? Because clearly you are honoring this value you have of family, right? It's like, yep, Right now, at this juncture of my life, family's number one. I have kind of put a pause or not even a pause. Maybe I've sidelined some of my career track or progress, but I'm focusing on family and I'm still in that stable misery. I'm feeling unhappy. What do I do? 
Well, we just discovered what the root of it is, is I feel underappreciated. I feel unseen for the value that I bring into the family. And so then we talk about what does appreciation look like? Appreciation. What is your love languages coming into, right? Because that's where some of the commingling of your values come into as well about, gosh, appreciation, gratitude, uh, love language of gift giving or quality time or words of affirmation. Those things are important for me and they're missing for me in my life. And so be on ideally it would look like, you know, having more balance, like splitting up the duties that feel more uh, equal and equitable here. I work less. Maybe we don't need to split split equal between my partner and me, but it doesn't feel equitable because I feel like I'm doing 95% of the domestic responsibilities. Okay. So what would feel more equitable for you, right? So coming from a, what do I control standpoint, getting a vision of what would make you feel happy, what feels honored after knowing what the root of your unhappiness or stuckness is. And then usually conversations need to be had, right? Like you can't, I always say like, you can't, sure, one part of it is knowing what you want, but unless you actually communicate your needs and wants and desires, you can't be really upset that they're not being honored either. Yeah. And it just made me think of a whole other aspect of this. And I want to get your opinion on that right after this break. I am talking to B. Kim and we'll be right back. Hi there. I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you you listen to your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Something that occurred to me, because it's something that I've talked about 
on the podcast is I think also sometimes when you define your values, it can be a little bit like Dorothy, you had the power all along that I sometimes have trouble with my spouse of like, well, he's not great at like gift giving. For example, it's not a huge strength of his, but that I want to feel valued and that talking to him and sometimes outside people have sometimes helped me see that whenever I go out, my car has gas in it, you know? And whenever I'm about to take a trip, like I go out and the car is all clean and ready to go, that sometimes when we are very clear about our values, it sometimes helps us to see that we are doing things and we are in better situations sometimes than we think. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If we know what's clear for us and we can name those things, then it starts a conversation where, and I've had this with my own partner, right? Where I'm like, hey, I've, (laughs) again, the vigorous head nodding may be happening where you feel (laughs) underappreciated. It's like, hey, it just feels unequal right now and out of balance, out of whack. And what I realize is, oh my gosh, I haven't been seeing all the contributions you've been making, right? These acts of service that you have, which is the car is always filled with gas that, gosh, I feel lucky to say that, you know, the dishes are always made. I make the meals, but the dishes are always made, right? Whatever those things are, it's human nature for us to become laser focused on all the things that are going wrong because we're just wired that way, Right. Wired to look at these are the things that are wrong. These are the bad feedback that I've gotten. This is what whatever versus wait a minute, let's zoom out and see the holistic picture of these are the things that I may be missing that I haven't seen. And so getting clarity of what you need and want. Also, you're right, does give you clarity on the things that you have been maybe missing that you your partner has been giving or that your family's been giving or that you have been missing out at work. So let's talk to people who really want to begin this practice, but probably, I mean, I'm using that as one example. I also think for the record, there's lots of times you're actually not getting what you need and things are kind of off the rails. So it's not always that like, you'll do this work and then you'll find out you're actually truly happy. No, (laughs) no, not at all. Sometimes we need to do this work to get what we need. And so walk us through what a sort of simple exercise might look like for someone who wants to start thinking about this idea of values and wants to start defining things for themselves to maybe get out of a place that feels stuck. Yeah. So we're talking to parents. So this is perfect because one of the exercises that I love to do is letter writing to our children. And in fact, I have a workshop that I actually go to companies working with parents specifically at the companies where I start off with just the visioning exercise of like envision your child. If you have multiple children, just pick one. It's okay. You can go back to the other children as well. <laughs> just pick your favorite. No, you don't have a favorite. <laughs> pick your favorite. Or we, don't, we can't say that. That's not allowed. But to really be able to like have that warm space of like, ah, oh, this, I'm looking at my kid's face. I'm smelling their hair or feeling the softness or warmth of their body. And then from this place, really thinking about what kind of adult or grown up do you want them to be, right? Like, what do you want to make sure that they know that you pass on to them? What's important for you to have them, you know, hold true for themselves in their lives. And then from there to just spend seven to 10 minutes writing a letter to your kid. 
And it could be, I personally like pen to paper. There's something great about the tactile of writer letter writing, but if not, that's okay. Just, you know, on the computer too. But writing a letter to your child often brings out the things that you want to pass on to your kids, the values that you have. And those are values that are important for you. So as you read this letter to your child, you're seeing, wow, I constantly tell my kid, hey, it's important for you to, you know, be kind to others, to care about your community or to have good social impact, whatever the things are that come, know that you're worthy no matter what, that I find that all the time in my letters to my children is like this concept of self-worth and you don't have to try to earn people's respect or earn, you know, rest, like you're worthy of those things. Clearly, those are things that are important for me, not just the things I'm passing out to my kids, but those are values for me. And oftentimes in this letter writing exercise, these are values that, you know, it'll be elevated, right? What we care about our kids is we're going to not usually talk about work. We're usually not going to be talking about financial security and stability. But as adults, those are things that are important to us. So we can always kind of come back and mine that letter for values, but then also put in our own values. And then how do we connect values to behavior? Because I think sometimes we feel like, well, I'm very clear on what I value. I value being a good person and, you know, da, 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 and I value family time. But then we're running around to 700 different events and we're never spending time as a family. Like, how do we align? This seems maybe like the tricky part. <laughs> our behavior with our values? Is it that we understand our values very clearly and therefore it helps us to make better choices about our behavior? So there's two things that come to mind. The very first thing is values feel very like pie in the sky. La la la. I don't, you know, how do I actually, like you said, like peace on earth, goodwill to men. Yes. Okay. Sure. (laughs) What does that look like day to day? And the way to make it look day to day tactical things is first, you have to prioritize. You have to, as a forcing mechanism, really prioritize my value of family is going to clash sometimes with my value of work achievement, which is going to clash oftentimes with my value of balance or peace or fun, adventure, whatever it is. So I've got to prioritize. And this is where I always time it for my clients. I always say, Give yourself no more than two minutes to prioritize because you're going to like hem and haw. I want it all. Right. Throughout perfection. Yeah. Perfection. Usually your very first gut reaction is the right one. So prioritize. And this is where now is staring you in the face right now in my life. We're not solving forever. We're not solving for when 10 years down the road, when you're older and your kids are older, we're solving for right now. Number one, my value is work achievement. And then it's family or maybe whatever. But now you know, okay, this helps me inform decision making, right? This helps me inform like how I decide to spend my time. Then how we make it really tactical is then I always usually have a homework assignment. Coaching always has homework. We love homework, (laughs) right? Like this is great deep work and thought exercises, but how are you going to translate this to action and commitment? So the next two weeks, pick your top value and tell me, How are you going to honor that value of family or how are you going to honor that value of of adventure or exploration? And it usually comes from, you know, an assessment where I say on a scale of one to 10, how are you fulfilling the value of family? Well, B right now feels like a six. Okay. Well, what makes it a six? 
but you know, I've got the hours between 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. with my family and, but it's not really mindful. I'm not present. We're all still kind of doing our thing. So it's not a zero, but it's, it's not as much, you know, it's not as high as I like to be. Well, what do you want it to be on a scale of one to 10? Most people don't say 10, by the way. You can say 10, but right, everyone's scale is different. But aim for eight. Gosh, people. Right. I, I want it to be an eight. I want it to be a nine. Okay. Well, what is a nine? You know, from six to eight, we're off our devices or gosh, I, you know what? For dinner time, we're off our devices or right. Like it, everyone is different, but for dinner time, we're there, we're present. We're having family conversation. Be that would make it a, an eight for me. Well, you just identified what that actually looks like and how you translate that into action. And you've tied that value to behavior. And then this is a practice that keeps going because your values will evolve and change that your values may be very family centered when you've got little kids at home. And then as we were saying, when you, for some of our listeners, they start to feel that lack of fulfillment, maybe when the kids start elementary school and they're gone for most of the day, this may be a time to say, oh, I think what needs to happen is that family is ready to bump down a little bit and I'm ready to bump up in that equation, personal fulfillment, work, achievement, volunteer work, whatever the kind of value you want to move around. So this is something that ideally you're doing on a monthly basis, a yearly basis. I request at least minimally yearly basis for yourself as an individual. And then we actually have a family practice where we do family values. Traditionally, January 1, we spend some time saying, hey, what were our family values for the year before? You know, how did we actually embody that? What does that look like? And then what do we want for this year? And starting at year five, age five, um, my oldest started contributing. Actually, I have, I know for our listeners, you can't see it, but for those on video, I'm actually sharing what this framed. Oh, yeah. Look at the, it's a list what our framed family values are, you know, and then everyone gets to contribute. And one year my son was like, he was obsessed with Star Wars. And he's like, can we have a family value that we talk more and play more around Star Wars themed things? And we're like, yes, let's do it. Like, let's honor that. Let's see how that, what that looks like and how we translate that into action. That is fantastic. There's so much to this conversation. We tell our listeners if they want to continue this work and find out more about what you do, where they can find you. First and foremost, you can find me on my website, bkim, B-E-A-K-I-M.com. Connect with me over Instagram, bkim coaching. You can connect with me over LinkedIn, Beatrice Kim. I love to be connected. I love to be connected. So please feel free to reach out. Fantastic. And as always, we will link to all of those places in our show notes. B, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank you. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how all of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life stucks.